While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Barrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. And I'm Chris McCarthy. We've been keeping it light this evening, uh, just taking a break from the politics just for a night and talking about TV shows, entertainment, things that you may like. A lot of you have called in, left some app chat messages talking about TV shows you like. Um, open topics for the final hour of the show, 508-996-0500. Dory, later in the week we'll get back to doomsday and tomorrow. Complaining. Yeah, I'll be back on it tomorrow. Good evening. Hey, good evening, guys. Hey, what's going on, my man? Uh, not much. Um, let's see. We're talking about mafia dudes. Now, yeah, this guy, mafia's Chris, good. Yeah. Chris does not like this guy, and I don't blame Chris for not liking this guy. From what I read about him, I don't like him either. And he was messing with Balder and all those people back in the day, which was from New Bedford. Oh, and he, Joe Barboza. Joe the Animal Barboza. Yeah, Joe Joel the Wimp Barbosa there that <laughs> used to go around with an M1 carbine and shoot people. Yes. And blame it on other people. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, he ended up getting blasted four times with a shotgun. Chris says that they used an M1 carbine on him. So I actually looked it up. It was a shotgun. And they, there were they multiple blast- hitters. It was J.R. Russo, allegedly Spucky, who's still around, Spucky Spagnolo, who's around on the North Shore still. J.R. Russo, who's gone now. Um, that that they're, those guys are legendary hit teams. In fact, if you get arrested today, as a member of La Cosa Nostra in New England, one of the things they'll put to deny you bail is that New England La Cosa Nostra has the ability to reach out across the country because they killed New Bedford's own Barboza in California. They got him on the street in California. So a hit yeah, team from New England. Yeah, but while in witness but, protection. Barbos, I guess, was a rough guy, but oh, yeah. he, but he, he was doing the whitey bolt. Yeah, they called him Joe the Animal. Supposedly, yeah. when he was a, of a, 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 a how do how do what's the right word ravenous, um, yeah, prison raper. Yeah, yeah, real. What's bad the guy. right word? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a lot to. Well, pick do you from. like the fellows in the in the clink? Well, I, I, I think that, that the experts will tell you it's not so much about – it's not a, a gay thing as much as it's a power thing, um, as much as it's a domination thing, that type of it. But, yeah, he was he was a um, uh, – a he couldn't be satisfied, you know. I mean, he was a real psychotic about that in prison, according oh, to the documents I, I've read. I can solve the Jimmy Hoffa mystery. You know why they can't find Jimmy Hoffa? He's dead. Because he's in, yeah that and he's in pieces in the ocean. Well, there's nothing left if he's in the ocean. But I believe they chopped him up and threw him in the ocean, probably bait for the on a fishing trip. So there's a theory. And I don't believe it. I don't believe it that he was killed. Obviously, he was killed in the D- Detroit area. But then yeah. his body was shipped across country to New Jersey, so that the New Jersey mafia 
want would have a trophy or a bargaining chip that someday in the future they could say, I can give you Hoffa's body so you can solve that case. There's, I just don't believe that you would ever risk transporting a body um, from Detroit to New Jersey. I think a lot of these guys that have came out said they know where Hoffa's body are or lying. Of course. Just like he's buried under a football stadium. They dug that whole stadium up and couldn't find him. The, 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 the final place that, that I thought had a lot of credence was Brother Moscato's dump in New Jersey, which was yeah. an old toxic waste dump. And, you know, they went, Fox News was involved in it. They went as far as to get a warrant to, to, to exhume the, 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 what they thought was the body, and it was not him. Uh, it yeah. was not a body at all. So I do think that, I think that he was, he was killed gangland style and disposed of gangland style. Yeah, not, he, not any he, additional he, mystery to it. I think he ended up fishing bait, honestly. They yeah. cut him up in a uh, wood chip, wood chipper. There is stories about him being put in a wood chipper, too. And I believe they put him, they, they went deep sea fishing and they used him as bait. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think you, you're never going to find out what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. It's obvious he was killed. But, and who do they think killed him? Well, they think that the, the order came from um, New Jersey mobsters, or maybe from uh, Zarelli, uh, the Toko Zarelli family out there in Detroit, who really had their hooks into, into Hoffa. Um, yes. You know, th- th- there's a number of suspects, but... He was playing with a lot of. What about the story people. from the the Irishman, the move, the the Martin Scorsese movie? So, from people who I believe are correct, historians on organized crime, sure, they think that that was a a big BS story. Yeah, and that the guy who wrote the book was definitely involved with Hoffa. Yeah, but that he didn't do it, and that. Someone made a lot of money selling the rights to De Niro. Yeah, it was uh, Frank Sheeran, right? Yeah. yeah, that's the name of the guy. And it was based on the book, I Heard You Paint Houses. Yeah. Right. And it was all over Hoffa wanting to be president again. They didn't want him to be president again. Yeah, which is no small thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, president Hoffa, of the Teamsters. Being yeah. president of the Teamsters is the equivalent of being president of the United States. Yeah. Well, you got to think back in those days, too, it was a bigger thing to be the boss of the Teamsters than it is now. They had a lot, much more members and a bigger, bigger, bigger say in what was going on. Absolutely. Yeah, Hoffa had a lot of power. I think more than any other teamster leader in history. In fact, right before I got sick, I was negotiating with Sean O'Brien's people to to bring Sean on, who's the president of Teamsters now. Um, we have a mutual friend, and um, I got to. You know, I was talking to his to his comms guy regularly. Nice guy. We we just couldn't get it together. He, you know, he's got a national appearance schedule, you know, um, and so we just couldn't get it done. But I I, I would like to do that, Marcus. Um, it, it's you know they've got um, an election coming up and they've got a national contract. They're redoing the national contract with the um, UPS right now. Yeah, we'll make it happen. UPS is the big is the big contract for them now. Yeah. Well, I've said my pack, guys. I appreciate, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for the Barbosa story, but I heard he was quite the character. I I would agree. In fact, if you go on YouTube, um, Channel yep. 12 has got some old videos of him testifying. Um, it, it's it's pretty interesting stuff. I mean, he's like right out of central casting, really. Yep. There's a woman in the audience, and I don't know if she's you know still with us, but she was a waitress downtown. 
And she told me that she would wait on Joe Barboza regularly, that he was a very nice guy. He would come in, he would eat alone, and then he would take the bus to Providence. Hmm. That was her story. And that he was a very nice guy. Well, most of those mafia guys are nice guys to public people. You Everyone one of them I know has been a perfect gentleman. As as yeah. Everyone I know has been a perfect gentleman. If you're in their world, that's a different world. But there's a, there's a real separation between their world and the real world. And they, and they recognize that. Yeah. I think most of the mob guys I've known enjoy having friends who are not mob guys. Some semblance yeah, of Yeah, would you want to be around that all the time? Watching your back? No. No, it's craziness. <laughs> it's really crazy. All right. Good night, Thanks. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Speaking of uh, the Irishman, yes. Your favorite New York movie? Do not say Goodfellas. Everybody says Goodfellas. Your favorite New York movie besides Goodfellas? Come on, you know we talked about it the other night. King of Comedy. King of Comedy. Rupert Pupkin. <laughs> oh my God. Rupert Pupkin. It is. Listen, it is the most under Nero De Niro movie. I can't even run my own life for right. six weeks. It's the I most. Can't do the un- show for six weeks. Under Nero De Niro movie. It really is. Well, it shows the range of his talent. Right. You know, Jerry Lewis is in there. Jerry Lewis is in it. Yeah. Oh my God. And oh. um, God, Sandra Bernhardt. Sandra Bernhardt is the other is the other lunatic, right. isn't she? Yeah, She's the woman. Yeah, she used to regularly be. Well, I got to know her because she was a regular on David Letterman. Yeah, um, when he was just as nutty as she was back mm-hmm. then, it was a real in the eighties. It was a really good show, and the King of Comedy is is I would have to say the <laughs> best in the era movie. It's it's I think his best performance. Uh, oh, it's so good when he's like the way. That, <laughs> Like when he's talking to Jerry, when he's when he's got we him could like give tied him a up. Rupert Pupkin award. <laughs> yeah, we could. We we definitely could. I mean, he's like holding Jerry at gunpoint. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's the way they treated me too. Now look where we are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> guys, it it is so good. It's so good. Run, don't walk to go see it. Yeah, uh, King of Com- King of Comedy is an excellent, excellent movie. Um it's yeah. It's about a guy named Rupert Pupkin who spends a lot of his time um, fantasizing that he's going to become a Johnny Carson. Basically, right. fantasizing that he's going to become a Johnny Carson type of person. Who, uh, who is play- the Johnny Carson type character? Is played play- by Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis to, yeah. to acclaim, really. Yeah, no, it was, it, they both played to acclaim. I mean, I mean, Robert De Niro again. Not a Robert De Niro performance you expect, but it's one of those performances where you're like, well, well, this is why he's in the conversation for one of the greatest actors of all time, right? Um, but minus heat, he is a really. I good love movie. heat so much. Um, it's just it's perfect. It's got it. It's got great action. It's got De Niro and Pacino. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Oh, the ending sound. The the, the ending. The the it's, it's just it's fantastic. The whole movie is fantastic. Yeah. Heat is fantastic. Heat is a great movie. It's a little bit long, but it's 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 worth every second. If you haven't seen Heat, it's on Hulu. Go check it out. Heat is so good. It's De Niro plays Neil McCauley, um the the uh the 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 bank robber and um uh Pacino plays Vincent Hanna. And at that point, it was the only time you saw Pacino and De Niro on screen together, and it was pretty it was it was a brilliant scene. It was the one scene. I actually almost wish the Irish, Irishman was never made and neither, uh, the other one, the, that other stupid one, Righteous Kills, never made. Cause, cause, so that could be the only scene because it's so good. It, it is a fan. I remember I saw Heat when it came out in the theater. Yeah. Um, it was, it, it's a great 1995. theater. 1995. Yeah, it's a great theater movie. Yeah. 
Um, that's one thing I, I, you know, other than obviously my kidneys that I liked before the pandemic, but the yeah. um, going to see movies in the theater. You know, one more thing about... Um, but you're back into going to One see more thing. Theaters. Yes, I, I see movies all the time. Um, so one, one more, and it's actually better now because fewer people go. So um, the the... The uh, the one thing I I just learned from a, a fairly recent interview with Al Pacino is that Pacino's character he's very very loud very very loud and it's because this is this is excluded from the outtakes it's excluded it's in a deleted scene but he's a he 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 is a uh, chronic co- cocaine user so I heard that too Mark and he said that he but nowhere in the movie do you see any of that no he I said don't they, think they deleted a scene he says it's something that you just sort of have to figure out on your own that that's why he's so jacked up is because he is a he's an avid cocaine user and he also basically admitted that in order to play that role he was chipping cocaine the entire time really <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was funny <laughs> do you know Marcus another movie that was like that is Caddyshack and supposedly in the budget the line for the gopher was where they was where they put all the coke money really so there was like 40 grand in there for the gopher yeah. but there's no real gopher just a puppet right? yeah that at the end of the movie right or, or pops up throughout the movie and that was the cocaine budget that's great which which then obviously led to ruining many many of those careers yes chevy chase to include chevy chase yeah yeah he, although after that he did do the vacations which were funny the movies. vacations were great he, and he was in um the show uh tv show community which is pretty which was pretty good as a funny show um, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus Farrow. So, Marcus, um, that was Breaking Bad. That was a very good show. Great show. Talk about spinoffs. They have Better Call Saul. So I've talked about this last week. I'll I'll, I'll say it again because I, I enjoy this sort of diatribe. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? I haven't gotten into Better Better. I have not really seen Better Call Saul. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We'll get. We'll see. We see your calls in line. We'll take them in a second. But so Better Call Saul is about the main character Walter White's lawyer Saul Goodman. Who was just a minor character, more or less. He yeah. he was a little bit more prominent. Like in season two, he was a guest. He was a guest actor, and and more like basically, you know, um, I think he was almost written off. A lot of those characters were almost written off. It was kind of weird, but um, he ended up becoming the main character in Better Call Saul, obviously, which is about him. But it's about him becoming Saul because if you remember in Breaking Bad, he says the real name's McGill. I just I changed my name to Goodman because they like a pipe hitting member of the tribe, which which basically meant they like. He said he wanted to portray himself as a Jewish lawyer because he thought it would get him more clients. And so, and throughout the whole series of Better Call Saul, his name's actually Jimmy McGill. It's about him becoming Saul Goodman, and so it's really tightly written in that it's like you know the the it's the same writers and creator of breaking bad it's the same right. so it's really tightly written because it, it you know these guys have had 6 years to get into their groove basically right. and so it starts off stronger than breaking bad does i don't think it finishes stronger the last season's really good but there's like a midway like season 3 is basically or season 4 he's basically um he's he's selling uh used cell phones like it's it's kind of weird it's good it's very good it's not better than breaking bad okay 
but it is very good, I will say. So it, it's worth it's worth watching. It's worth checking out. And plus, there's a lot of Breaking Bad like prequel stuff if you're into that. But it's it's kind of hard with the prequel stuff because like, well, I know Gus isn't going to die, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> like there's like this really tense scene where 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 Gus is in a standoff with someone. Like, well, I know. The other guy's going to die. Right. <laughs> right. Know? Right. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hello. Hey, hey what's here. up? Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Well, you know, I, I know you try to keep it light, but, you know, I've always said New Bedford is a, is a small world. And, you know, even some people that you know and stuff like that in a roundabout way, you uh, get to know other people. Everybody knows everybody, really, even though it's a city. Mm-hmm. I agree and, with that. And uh, yes. you mentioned before... Uh, uh, Joe, the animal Barboza. Yes. Okay? I'm sure he has some relatives that are still around, okay, uh, in the area. And just to go to show you how everything's connected, uh, his uh, uncle married my father's sister, okay? And his uncle, okay, I chose to be my godfather. No okay. kidding. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So everybody is, is connected everywhere I, in New Bedford somewhere. Yes. And it comes up. Uh, I know, uh, Marcus, you talk a lot of times about how, you know, we shouldn't, you know, uh, you know, say that young kids, uh, that, you know, shouldn't be invoked because they're bad in school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, through the family, my, I started out on Windsor Street. Uh, that's I didn't realize I was there, but I didn't end up there. I ended up another street in the south end. And uh, uh, Joe Barboza and my cousin were cousins on the Barboza side. And my parents often told me a story about it was what Christmas. I don't know if I was around yet or whatever. Uh, but uh, my cousin and Joe Barboza fell asleep under my parents' Christmas tree waiting for Santa Claus. Really? So I think it kind of humanizes him a little bit more. I sure. Think he, I think he had a, you know, a tough family life. I don't know all the particulars, okay? Uh, and, uh, again, uh, his... His uncle, my godfather, was a great guy. He drove truck for Hemingway. Um, got sick one time driving the truck on Route 18. Pulled it over to the side and uh, uh, had a medical incident and died shortly after uh, I was confirmed. So uh, just to give you another aspect of it, again, I know he used to visit the area and go to Rivet Street, all right? And I remember my cousin would be let know that he was coming down and just to keep it quiet. Right. And uh, one time, uh, they were, I believe it was called the North End Seagrill. It's like across from where, uh, I guess, Key Man is in the building opposite of that. Okay. And they gave that clam boils there, which were very good. Okay. And they went up there for a clam boil. And my cousin, you know, after the incident, told me that he just said to his cousin, hey, we got to get out of here. There's some guys in here that I know are looking for me. And uh, just leave everything the way we're gonna, not going to pay. No, you're not going to pay. Let's just get out of here quick. Really? It's like a circular bar in there that you could sit and eat and stuff like that. So, uh, and I, I believe my cousin one time took a beating because they had a case of mistaken identity. They thought, you know, this Barboza was that Barboza. Right. And I'm sure he's probably got relatives around that are a little closer related blood-wise. Uh, the other thing... I went to high school with a... Um uh, relatives of of, yeah. uh, of of Joe Barboza, actually. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. And again, yeah. I, I think he had a tough family life from what I was told. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just like you say, sometimes kids shouldn't be pigeonholed when they're young, but sometimes uh, even being young and stuff, you, 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 you don't end up in the best spots. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, that happened uh, with him. 
I know in the end he told my cousin, which was his cousin on the Barbosa side, that uh, he knew that he lived by the gun and he would probably die by the gun. At least that's what my cousin told me, who's now no, no longer here. And uh, sure enough, it happened in California. Suppose he was called over to the, you know, to a car and the guy took out, I think, a shotgun or something and blew him away. Yeah. It was a guy that he knew. The other thing I, I heard, too, was that, uh, and again, this is, you know, through family connections, that he was finding that a lot of the people around him that he knew were being eliminated, you know, by the patriarchy. Oh, absolutely they were, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so that's why he went the way he did. Now, you can believe that or not believe it. Oh, or, no, no, that that is exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, again, like I said, he well, told From what my, I understand. Yeah, he told my cousin, who was his cousin, that uh, uh, he knew he had lived by the gun and he would probably end up dying that way. And I, he, my cousin did see to it that he was brought back here. Uh, the body was threatened that uh, they would try to, you know, mutilate the body or something like that. He was in a local uh, funeral home, which is still around. And uh, eventually uh, uh, he was buried uh, in the area. Okay. Really? Oh, yeah. He's buried in the area. And uh, they put a big uh, rock or stone on top of his uh, on top of his grave, which is unmarked, uh, so that, you know, that even his remains were threatened. And uh, that's that's what that's what I know of it through family and marriage and connections and things like that. You know, so uh, just to add a little. No, that that's that's a, actually that's, really interesting. That's yeah. a colorful that's, addition to the story. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, again, you know, I'm not a Barbosa, right? right? And but I, his his uncle was my godfather and a great guy, and that's why I chose him and everything like that to be my godfather. And uh, you know, uh, it's you know to show that yeah you know who knows what cir- i don't know the circumstances he uh you know he grew up i think they were tough yes. and he grew up tough and uh all i can say is if you can think of that person being a little kid falling asleep uh underneath a christmas tree when he was a young boy with my cousin uh, in my parents house uh waiting for santa claus it's kind of different you know that sort of stuff the only picture i've ever seen him he's wearing he's always wearing um black uh, uh, Wayband sunglasses. So oh yeah, yeah. I'm and picturing a little yeah. kid in black Wayband sun. Ray-Ban well, again, sunglasses. Not, <laughs> that yeah. was long before that. Right. But again, too, nobody called him where I came from. The animal, if he was mentioned, he was mentioned as Baron Barbosa. Yes, I remember that. That was his nickname yeah, as yeah. well. So uh, that that sort of thing. But uh, again, just a little. And again, in New Bedford, everybody knows everybody. Even even though uh, I give an example, I, I think uh, the mayor. Okay, I think his grandfather was Jack Kenny. Am I right? I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I think on his, I think probably on his mother's side. I was often told that that was his grandfather. Maybe you can find out. But uh, if it's true, I remember one time I was helping a friend uh, coach a. He was the manager coach a, a Pony League uh, team, and there was a Jack Kenny uh, that was the commissioner of the Pony League and everything, or treasurer. And he was a very nice guy. So in a roundabout way, if what I was told is true, uh, you know, I know the mayor's grandfather, that's his, his name, Jack Kenny, he smoked a cigar and stuff like that. And I was at a cigar, came, watched the games, didn't have any uh, kids involved with the league, but he, he took part in it. So it's a small world. even It though, is a small world, for <laughs> sure. Is a, what you call it, you know. Uh, can we go on to a pleasant thing? Sure. <laughs> sure. A, a little more serious. Uh, the, the, the cable. Uh, yeah. Are, yeah. Are, they, are they going to, uh, you know... Uh, are they going to uh, broadcast the uh, the city council meetings, or at least the city council meetings, not all? 
So J- Jim Marshall, I think, has talked to Tim about that. And Jim's a great guy. I know he's a listener. Yeah, I know. He um, was your station years ago, he, didn't he? On, on the he weekend. did. Yeah, yeah, it was on your nice weekend guy. news guy. Yeah, very nice, nice guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I said I, apparently it's, uh, you know, a bit more – Complicated than maybe people realize, but they're working on it. I know they're. I know they're working on well, it. I know he, he he works for them, and that's that's his boss. So I guess he's got. I don't see the complications today with the technology that they have. Maybe they could get some high school kids like work at your station to to go at night and help uh, produce the thing and stuff like that. And, I yeah. I hate to say that something is less complicated because I don't know. I really don't. Well, I don't know either. But yeah. again. Today, Fair Haven, it seems to me that Fair, they're able to do it. Fair well, Haven does two it. meetings, right. and uh, I, I usually try to watch the city council meetings when uh, I know I don't know when they're going to come on, and I try to catch them. Sometimes by watching it yourself, you get a different view than what might be said about the council meeting <laughs> all the time, you my know. friend. Yeah, yeah so right? you, you get that idea there and everything like that. So, uh, I, I, to me, the cable company should have some responsibilities of the community it serves since they do have a monopoly of the cable broadcast, you know, mm-hmm. and certainly, uh, you know, getting out government like uh, almost like a C-SPAN raw uh, to the public wouldn't be a bad thing. Not all of us can, you know, go to the uh, meetings and be in there and all that sort of stuff. So, no, I, I, I think that's a, it's a great idea. I don't know what's taking them so long. I wish I, I wish I knew so I could help them uh, because it seems to me, as Marcus points out, other towns are doing it. Yeah, and, and without any trouble. Yeah, and and since we've lost the Standard Times as a vi- viable newspaper, you guys and they, to me being, you know, uh, the only cable monopoly in the area, should have an obligation. I used to love Jim Phillips when he had that. Uh, and again, I think it's before uh, Comcast took it over. Might have been Colony or Willing City, whatever it was. When Jim had a nightly broadcast about local news, that was great. And that broadcast was legendary. Oh, he's, he's perfect for it because he, he's a straight news guy. He's not an opinion guy like you guys are. You right. guys will give an opinion. I don't think he feels comfortable doing that. And he was great for that show. And uh, Well, the things I say are, are factually true. Yeah, everything. yeah. You know, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's just the facts, man, like uh, Jack Webb on right. uh, Dragnet. And that right, sort Dragnet. Of stuff, you know, but... Uh, that, you know, is uh, something I hope they do. There's another thing I want to mention to you guys if I can go on, you know. Yeah, why not? Sure. might have other people. Uh, we I do, watch... but we'll put them in hold for you. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Yes. <laughs> I watched Cheryl Atkinson this week. I like her program, too. And yeah. she talked about a school, Thomas Jefferson uh, STEM uh, High School. I don't know where it is. I didn't catch that. Uh, but they uh, pointed out that there were... Uh, a lack of certain minorities in the school, and it was going for, you know, STEM education and engineering and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, Asians seem to do tremendously well, though. Okay. okay. And so uh, because of this, they changed their uh, admission policy. Again, this is going back to, like, to the vote thing, uh, to be based upon diversity rather than who got the best grades. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. You're uh, finding that that's what the Harvard lawsuit's all about. Yeah, is that's that, exactly what it's about. A well, long I, time I, I, ago, I, I once heard someone say, and, and at the risk of offending anybody, mm-hmm. that without legacies and um, uh, legacies and, and affirmative action, mm-hmm. your entire Harvard class would be Jewish and 
and Asian only. Mm-hmm. That there'd be no no what you'd call European whites uh, other than mm-hmm. Jer- Jewish people, and there'd be you know there'd be no Irish people, there'd be no Italians, without legacies and without some affirmative action, there'd be no African Americans. Now I think that's an exaggeration, yeah. but but that that was meaning that Asians do so well. Yes, they do, and that's right. what this pointed out that the Asians. There was one gentleman that came from Vietnam for some reason. He went to uh, South Africa. And then from South Africa, he ended up in America, and it showed him uh, in, as a junior high school student and doing well and going into the service and having an engineering degree and all that sort of stuff and moving on. And what this uh, um, uh, this uh, affirmative action thing would mean, there would be less Asians going to this school right. and more Latinos and, and blacks. And, and That is the problem in Boston right now. They're having a problem up there with like Boston Latin and things like that, yeah. a, a dispute I don't know if it's a problem, it's a dispute about the tests and whether they want to do because the Asians are scoring so high on the mm-hmm. tests look, in my experience I haven't had a lot of experience with Asian people because there are not as many around here as there are say Portuguese and Irish right? I mean it's just not yeah. as big of, a, of an ethnic class mm-hmm. um, but I can remember when I was in college um, some of my friends went to UMass Dartmouth and they were in the engineering program mm-hmm. And I would come home on the weekends. We would hang around. They had a friend who became a friend of mine who was in the engineering program, this Asian kid, whose family owned a restaurant. The young man worked in the restaurant business hard, then went to engineering school. He did really well in engineering school. Still had the time to hang out with us yahoos. You know what I mean? I mean, the kid just was had a different work ethic even than yep. me i mean it's just and and i have a pretty good work ethic it was just amazing well again do you think there's again and this guy was vietnamese he could be chinese japanese right. or whatever i'm not trying to be you know i think it's cultural yeah yeah there, there seems to be a cultural thing that uh for whatever reason uh you know i'm, I'm generalized not asian people were seem to have more of a like you say, a work ethic and commitment uh, to family and survival uh, of the family, uh, I guess. Listen, man, i got to really take okay, this break. I appreciate you, you calling so in. Much time. Thank okay. you, my friend. New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Take South Coast tonight with you wherever you go. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or get their podcast on the app at WBSM.com. Now, back to South Coast tonight. Hey, welcome back. Um, 508-996-0500 is how you can join us. Keep it, we've kept it light today and we're going to continue to do that. We'll be back on the politics, the local stuff tomorrow. I think Ryan Pereira is calling in tomorrow. The impending meteor that's going to hit the earth. Other yeah. things to be worried about that can't really affect you. Well, none of this really matters um, in the grand scheme of things. No, we're uh, just having a light because, program because of entropy, uh, you know. And so, and so, what about global warming? That too. The 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 cascade of natural disasters that will befall this planet uh, at one point or another, whether it be um, the 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 climate crisis or the fact that the sun's going to explode or that the universe is going to collide with the uh, Andromeda. Um, it all renders this ultimately Plus meaningless. UFOs. UFOs are a thing. Um, so that's human abduction that. by UFOs. Yeah. So, so there's, there's, there's the likelihood of a, of a intelligent life and one that's it's uh, cruel, technologically superior to ours. Right. But, um, but sadistic. But sadistic. They've, they've got to be sadistic. I mean, they're just technologically superior, but 
what's the fun? Right. What, what's the point? What's the point for them? Yeah, what's the point? That's what I'm saying. What's the right. point for them? Yeah. Right. I mean, if they just want to entertain us, well, I'm all for it. Yeah. Like breakdancing aliens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakdancing aliens would be kind of cool. But they won't be. They'll be cruel aliens who want to, you know, take us apart and look inside of us. Or it'll be like, I'm going to be a human Stretch Armstrong. You know, some kid, some alien child will be pulling my arms, pulling my legs in all different directions, trying to see what's inside me. Stretch Armstrong. You won't find kidneys. You, <laughs> listen, they'll, be, they'll spend less time with me than they will with other people. That's, that's the upside. This, this guy's broken. I want another one, Dad, alien dad. This one's broken. So, uh, 508-996-0500, uh, as we meander through this Where's pointless this existence. Right. <laughs> Where's right. this plane? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so we'll do, I think Ryan Pereira is calling in tomorrow because they've got the city council meeting on, um, uh, uh, ordinances. So he'll, he'll give us a buzz tomorrow. And There's still time to lobby your city council on on those ballot questions, whichever way you come down. Yeah, and it looks like every you know people are, are have changed their minds um, since the uh, since the it was originally voted on. There is flexibility on both sides of all three questions. I appears. think so. Yeah, so it, it's it's a legitimate it's a legitimate question as to whether or not any of them or all of them pass. And we know from their own words that they are malleable that they can be moved by by phone calls they are real and imagined they are yeah uh 508-996-05 two fills today we got two fills it's the second fill we got tonight hey look at it <laughs> yeah yeah for those of you who missed it phil Padalogas stopped by he did yeah and then uh but he'll be back in a couple hours yeah we'll be back soon should have just stayed. He should have just stayed. Got it, but I had time for uh, show prep. And that couch is actually pretty comfortable, honestly. If you have a throw cloth to put on it, um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's. Uh, you know more than I do. Cause I, I, that's I, true. When I um, just leave it at that. Yes, I'm going to leave it at that. Because so, when I. Buy, Our neighbor is Gazelle. When I had my Saturday show, I just lay, you know, I would just like afterwards, I just kind of like, like lay down for a few minutes and then I'd, I'd leave. But, um, well, yeah. that has been standard practice for some of our, uh, our fellow radio hosts. 508 <laughs> Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus Farrow. Chris uh, will be back momentarily. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat again. Chris and I came in today. We were like, hey, let's keep it light. Um, let's talk about some other stuff, you know. And uh, and um, and so we have been talking about other stuff. What's your favorite TV show? Um Things like that. Oh, yeah. Here you go, Chris. We have, um, we talked a lot about Joe Barboza. I mean, again, I think sometimes, Marcus, when we just throw a jump ball. Yeah. Let the callers drive the conversation. Yeah. We come down with some really interesting stuff. I mean, that Barboza stuff was wild. That was very cool. I, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I just want to tell everybody that, that former Sheriff Tom Hodgson, just, he and his wife just dropped off a beautiful meatloaf for me. and It's, it's very nice. Really, very, very nice. Tom has been a tremendous friend to me. You know, he's been a friend of me for years, but uh, while I've been sick, 
he used to come visit me in the hospital. He's a hell of a man. Chris, did you ask him his favorite TV show? I think we, I think I just pulled, we settled on Dragnet. We did because yeah. I think I think the time period is right. Yeah, because he would have been a young guy. Yeah, a child. The, same, the type of show. Yeah, that works. It would have inspired him. Yeah, maybe the Lone Ranger too. I could see that too. Now, Marcus, the Lone Ranger. The black and whites were really good television. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage you to look look up some of those black and white Lone Ranger shows. They were really good. There was there was a show on Turner Classics that was like a cowboy show that that was. Re- I used to watch Saturday mornings at dialysis. It's not on anymore, but it was uh, you know it was an old series that had been a lot of. Sh- uh, short movies, things like that, that, that had been put together into a series. But the old Lone Rangers, and then it went to a color program. But when I was a yeah. kid, you had a ton of black and white reruns of cowboy shows like that. Lone Ranger, uh, they were really well done, really well done. Yeah, um, uh, uh, Gunsmoke, too. Yeah, Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. That was like the first, like, type of, like, almost like the first, like, Modern TV show that ran for a lot of years. It did, yeah. Um, speaking of Kevin Bacon, which we is carrying a conversation off air to the on air. Right. We were talking about Kevin Bacon. We never talked about City um, on a Hill. Yeah, I almost broke into City on a Hill. I forget. I think we took a break. I did not like the last season. It yeah. had the 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 same sort of rapey vibes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like. Um, sex-related crime shows. I just—I mean, it, rape to me is not entertainment. Yeah, it was. Um, it was an intense show for sure. Uh, it was an intense season. It was a little bit. It was a little bit different for sure. I don't know where it's going to go from here. Um, it seems like one of those shows that honestly, I think a lot of shows are tightening it up a little bit because they're trying to avoid jumping the sharks. Mm-hmm. Sessions only four seasons. Barry's only four seasons. Breaking Bad was five, technically six. These five point one, five point two. Um, so I think a lot of shows are tightening up because they want to avoid the shark jumping. Mm-hmm. And um, so but that might be that, one of them. In, in some respects, Marcus, how do I put this? By trying to avoid it, they become it. Yeah. Right? That I thought the, the, the line where they had this former FBI agent who was now wealthy beyond anyone's yeah. comprehension. Lives on Beacon Hill. Right. Who could then... Who was also a pervert who, yeah. with his wife, went out and committed all kinds of weird sex crimes involving their daughter's friends. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, that's a weird thing. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact nobody who's that rich becomes an FBI agent, I'm sorry to say. Good evening. You're traveling to another dimension. Not only a dimension of sight and sound, but a dimension of mind. You just crossed over into... It's Wiley. <laughs> One of the best old shows of all time. Good night. Good night. Thank you. So I will tell you that there's a New York station I listen to, you listen to occasionally. They had a guy on recently who's a college professor who's written a book about the Twilight Zone. Oh, cool. It was a really good interview. And it may be something we want to look at. Although I was never a big fan of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, but we got listeners that were. Absolutely we do. I mean, we have a boss. I like to think that this show is only about things that I like. Correct. I and, think that's true. <laughs> but the, by and large, that is true. By and large, that's true. Um, we know Tim listens, and Tim likes the Twilight Zone. T- Tim likes, yeah, Tim likes the Twilight Zone. Tim is our boss. Yeah. So we, sh- we should please the boss. <laughs> <laughs> you 
sure where I'm going with that, Marcus. We get memos. He sends memos. Today is Twilight Zone. 